when I first started diving into personal development and stuff and I started listening to, um, uh, to Grant Cardone a little bit. And I remember being in my car, I was about to go knock some doors and, uh, he was trying to get you to say the words out loud. I want to get rich. He's like, wherever you are right now, you know, say the words, I want to get rich. You gotta, you gotta, you know, declare it. You gotta proclaim it or whatever. And it was just like, I remember sitting in my car going, I was totally by myself and I like, couldn't say the words out loud. You were raised to believe the world was black and white, but what if it isn't? What if the rigid belief system you have never questioned is wrong? What if the world is actually a lot more gray? This show is for the seekers, the explorers, those brave enough to step outside of certainty and question everything. Join your hosts as they sit across from the world's leading thought leaders, visionaries, religious gurus, entrepreneurs, philosophers, and more to tackle difficult topics. You don't need all the answers to find meaning in life, but you should be free to ask all the questions. This is Figuring It Out. Today... No guests on the show, just uh, hosts only, and we are going to be figuring out one of our Forbidden Four. So if you haven't listened to the show before, um, one of the questions that we throw out at some of our guests is something along the Forbidden Four, which is sex, money, politics, religion, all the things that we're taught not to talk about growing up. And we want to talk about it at least a little bit and get it out in the open because a lot of these things are still really important, even though... You shouldn't talk about them socially, culturally. So uh, today we're talking a little bit about money, about personal finance, because it's one of the most important things uh, in everybody's life, even if you don't think it is, it still is. And uh, people somehow demonize talking about it all the time. So um, yeah, let's let's kick it off with- I loved uh, it. I think that was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, kick things off with uh, mindset, mindset about money. What, I I mean, I know a little bit about how you grew up, obviously. Money is the root of all evil. (laughs) I'm curious to hear your perspective on it growing up, though. No, we grew up really not having money, so. Wait, first off, what's everybody drinking? You guys drinking? Wine. Good old red blend. A red blend. (laughs) Yep. The kind that works, baby. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Since we aren't going to I wish I had those Inspector Gadget arms right now. All right. Got a soundbite. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. No, we grew up without money. So the mindset was that money is just not something that we had. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing on that, though, is that. But like, what kind of patterns did that teach you? Well, my parents never demonized money. Like, I feel like a lot of things in my life, like my leaders in my church did a lot of things and said a lot of things that I assume my parents agreed with. But like, I don't feel like my parents ever straight up said like money's evil. Don't pursue it. Like they were always very much like pursue your dreams, be successful, like have the life that we don't have. But I think, I think what I saw in my parents was like, they kind of accepted they didn't have money and lived like, well, we're poor, you know? And, and I don't think like in a, like that's just our lot in yeah, life. Like yeah. there's rich people who are very smart with money. And then there's like poor people, you know, and you know, and, and I don't want to like trash on them or anything. Cause like, I don't think, I think they prioritize different things, sure. but it was something for me where like, whenever we'd have a bad situation happen because not having enough money, 
it just fueled me to be like, how do I set up a life where I don't have to go yeah, through that? Be like you that. know, like I don't want my kids to experience this thing, you know? And so there's this weird thing in ministry culture too, where it's almost like a badge of honor. Yeah, if you don't have money, like yeah. you're not allowed to have, like if you have money, you're not truly serving the Lord unless you're a pastor. Like if you're the head pastor, then you can get the money, you know, you can get the bag if you're the head pastor. But then if you're, if you're just a lowly school administrator, you know, like you just, this is just serving the Lord brother, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and there's like that nobility in it, you know, like a perceived nobility in it. And, um, you know, cause that's something like I would see my dad, like my dad was working, he had a government job and like was making decent money, like, and before ministry. Yeah. Like, or was at least on his path to making decent money, you know, and it's in a very traditional kind of secure, stable way, which we can talk about in a different episode, like security and stability. But it's something like to see him then go into ministry, believing that's God's will. And then it being a financial struggle was always really hard. But like, I, I did inter- I did bring that on myself. Like, where it was always a thing of like, I can be in business and make good money and be in the world, or I can have this noble calling and be in God's will. Yeah. So yeah, like right. it, the line was drawn there of like money, right. good money, bad, like where are we at? Yeah. But I don't know how you, I mean, you said money's root of all evil, but what was kind of, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely preaching. I think we all probably heard. Yeah, just all way. of the preaching. Yeah. I mean, personally, like in my household, as I was honestly, when you're talking, I was trying to think about it. I feel like the same way, like we grew up, I felt like we had a good life. Like I never felt like we struggled, but I never felt like it came directly from my parents either. I feel like it was more so I like just assumed that my parents agreed with the church on what I was being taught every day um, in school and everything. So I think that that was it. But honestly, I don't know. I've never really focused too much on money, but it was definitely, I just always knew that if you had it, you either needed to give it all away because that was like what was you needed to give it back to the church or like you just needed to not have it. Money's bad until there's a building project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then it's like, we need all our six figure earners to yeah. pitch in mm-hmm. and we'll buy For a sure. brick. <laughs> yeah. Or have a live auction led by Dr. David Gibbs. All right. Yeah. In house. Great. Here's our lawsuit for the first. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent. So I don't think that didn't come from my parents though. I mean, definitely, obviously I had my own issues that I had with like money of not being taught how to manage it properly, but it was definitely just from the church. It was just always, I always assumed I'd be in ministry. So I just assumed I wouldn't have it. So I was already like mentally preparing to like know how to cut corners and do all those things to be a good wife. You well, know, you, you wanted it. You wanted money and like business success from early on. It was always in, it was always of interest to me for sure. Yeah. Did did you feel like you were suppressing a desire to have it or was it just kind of like you accepted that's what it was and you were fine with it? No, I mean, obviously you, I like nice things for sure, but no, I never felt like it was, I mean, it kind of goes back to that same personality stuff that we talked about before is I feel like I just am very like, I'm such a follower in so many senses of the word to where I just didn't really, obviously I worked hard to get the money that I needed to. And I was absolutely broke in college living off of bags of potatoes, (laughs) but I was, I doesn't like, I don't know. It just wasn't ever a priority for me. So no, I never really like saw it as an evil subject either. I just never really put priority on it. Like if I was paying the bills or getting through the day, I was good, you know? Well, so out of three of us, we had, I think probably mindset shifts about money that were pretty big. Did you, do you feel like you had a shift in mindset or did you just have like a shift in being public versus private about that desire? No, it was still, it was still a shift in mindset because I think I felt like I was still programmed to believe that. You suppressed it a lot, right? I mean, you still felt it, but you 
Yeah. I mean, since we're going to talk about this later anyway, in a different episode, like it was kind of the same thing about sex for me. It yeah. felt like a natural desire that I wanted to go get money that I've, I, I enjoyed any, like anytime I would learn anything about business or real estate or entrepreneurship or selling something like any time that I could learn something about that, it like fueled me a little bit, but I just felt like, well, you know, my path is bound for ministry. So I just need to be willing to give a lot of that stuff up. But even, even with that mindset though, I still remember thinking like, I can do things on the side when I'm in ministry. Like nobody said that I can't do anything on the side. Like, like just because I'm in ministry doesn't mean I have to be broke. That's not like a thing that has to come along with it. It's you're, just, you're going to be broke if you're relying on the church to pay you. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I always figured like, I was like, Oh, even if I'm in ministry, like I'll make more money on the side than I'll make full time from the church. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of my thought going into it, but it was never like, I'm going to go be a multimillionaire, you know, like, my mind was so um, one track minded at the time. Like I didn't think that it was like, I didn't think that it was a practical step-by-step process to get you to a seven figure, you know, net worth or whatever. I just thought, I always thought like you had to, you had to go invent angry birds. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be a Mark Zuckerberg and that's how you make money. And the odds of that happening are so, so low. And it, to me, it was like all a matter of luck. I didn't, I didn't like look at it and go like, if I do that, 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 and that I'll be able to get there. Um, but I remember just sitting uh, in my car, probably like, I don't know, a year, year and a half into full-time door-to-door after college, and it was right maybe around 2015, 2016, uh, probably 2016, I started, when I first started diving into personal development stuff, and I started listening to, um, uh, to Grant Cardone a little bit, and I remember being in my car, I was about to go knock some doors, and uh, he was trying to get you to say the words out loud. I want to get rich. He's like, wherever you are right now, you know, say the words, I want to get rich. You got to, you got to, you know, declare it. You got to proclaim it or whatever. And it was just like, I remember sitting in my car going, I was totally by myself and I like, couldn't say the words out loud. Yeah. You know, and it was just like a weird realization where I was like, why is this like, why is this feel physically difficult for me to say this? And part of it could have just been cause I was in my, car by myself and Felt don't just weird, talk yeah. to yourself out audibly <laughs> yeah. like that. But it, it was still kind of like a, this is, this is odd. Why, why do I feel like this? And, um, that was when I really kind of purposefully and intentionally tried to start shifting my mindset around, around money and having a good relationship with money. That's the thing about money, man. Like you have a bad relationship with money. It's going it, to, it's just like, it's just like having a relationship with anybody else. You have a bad relationship with money. It probably doesn't want to be around you very often. You know what yeah. I mean? It's going to find other people to go spend its time with. Yeah. You know, if you have a good relationship with money, you'll start seeing a little bit more of it. You know, yeah. it'll come around a little bit more often. Um, and, uh, and and so I, I had to shift my thinking around it. I was lucky to like grow up in my household in that sense um, because they at least like my parents didn't discourage it. If I if I wanted to do something, my dad was encouraging around, you know, my mindset <clears throat> with how I thought about going and getting more of it or whenever I came up with a random idea, he was always, you know, encouraging me in that. Um, but it was never, it was never like they never pushed me or, you know, 
like helped me get to the next thing. It was just always, it was always support though, which was, which was helpful. And a lot of it was the mindset too, and just learning good money habits. Like that was the thing that I benefited from that, that I know that you didn't was like, at least I saw that my parents handled their money well, you know, but also I think it's a direct result of them both coming from like, not super affluent households, you know, um, especially my dad grew up super broke. So they're extremely frugal people. So even though he was making like good money for where we lived at the time, you know, like he, he wouldn't, he would never go by, he still won't go by his dream car, his dream truck. <laughs> yeah. Like he still hesitates to do it. Cause he's yeah. like, I just can't bring myself to spend that kind of money on a car or whatever. And it's just like, I, I love you for that dad, but maybe it's time to get that dream car that you always wanted. You know, that um, is interesting though. I didn't realize that like, that's when your mindset changed. Cause I always think back to when like you came back from Fresno when you were knocking doors for solar for the first time and telling me that you wanted to do like part-time door to door and part-time at the church. And I feel like that was like a big, like, and then our meeting obviously with pastor and talking about that. So it's interesting to me that you didn't feel that until then that you like really well, shifted it. No, no. I've, I felt like I, that was when I started feeling like, I think I want to do this instead of ministry. Mm, okay. But this now that was like two years after I had been doing that mm. instead of ministry. And it wasn't a, like, I'm not doing this type of thing. It was like a, I didn't realize how much I was holding my own self back mm. from going and getting more of it yeah. because I couldn't, I still felt wrong saying like, I want to get rich. Yeah. Why, why, why can't I say that? Why can't, if you're listening to this right now, like why can't you say that and feel okay about it? It's because there's so many people in your life that if they heard you say that, they would write you off as a bad person immediately yeah. as if it makes you a bad person to go get, to want more money, first of all, and then yeah. put in the work to go get more money. And it's just like, like people start to demonize it too much and they, and they start going like, well, all you care about is money. And I've heard that from people for the last few years. Like, all you care about is money. I care about is money. Yeah. It's like, no, I care about the things that money brings me. Yeah. And like money is just a tool and I would rather have a lot of it than a little of it. If it doesn't affect my happiness, which there are studies out there that says that it does, like to a certain point anyway, as long as you're not living in poverty or whatever, it tends to have a, a lesser effect on your overall happiness and fulfillment in life. But my uh, my point in saying that is like if if it doesn't completely affect my happiness and it's neutral either way, then I would rather have a ton of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why, why is that? Yeah. A, it doesn't make any sense to me why why people would th- say or sit there and think that it's a bad thing to do that, except for they they are not willing to go put in the work. They don't know how to go get it or get more of it. And they don't know anybody in their personal lives that has a lot of money that it's actually a good person. So they just attribute all of it to being like, well, the only way that you could do that is by stepping on other people. And, on, you know, you see, we talked about this recently on a different podcast episode about like you, you see billions and you see Yellowstone and you watch all of these shows that are on TV and they always depict the rich person um, as even, even if they're a likable rich person, they still depict them as like, they were willing to step on people and, uh, you know, murder and just like steal. And like, they're all horrible, bad people. And in my experience with all of the wealthy people that I know, they're some of the best people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Most people don't know a wealthy person. But that's my point. (laughs) Most people people know like the douchey dad that makes six figures. Right. I mean, like they know upper middle, like, when you uh, start, upper middle management yeah. person but, who makes $130,000 a year. Though, is like, this is where my mindset sh- shift came into is like I was working 
with an orphanage raising money. Like that was my job for two years was like find sponsors. And yeah, there were a lot of nice people that were giving 10 bucks a month, but I was focused on business owners making good money who could write a $20,000, $30,000 check. And we were lucky to find people like that. But it's like, I started realizing then, and it was the guy that I was working for at the time really nailed this home was like, if you want to do really good things, like you have to have money to do it. Right. And, and it still well, and I, I realized like I, all my life I had like idolized these people who had no money and a lot of good intentions. Mm-hmm. And then they would have to go to the person who for the rest of the year was a, not a good person, not the person you want to be right. and say, can you please write a check so I can do this really good thing? And it's like, you're not even really the one doing it. Like yeah. it's you're, the person who's, you're not even an IFB. Right. Right. But yeah. you can somehow give me your money. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's just a like, very interesting perspective. And that's where like, for me, you know, I look at like, you know, people would say things like, Oh, it's better to be a good parent than to have a lot of money. Or it's better to be a good spouse. And it's like, I can go on trips with my spouse and my kid that make memories for a lifetime. I can invest in the best education for my daughter. I can invest in good clothes. Like, and it's like, yes, I have the freedom to spend more time with them yeah. because you're not I a want bad to. parent. If you don't make a lot of money, right. like, I'm not no. saying that yeah. I think my parents were great parents, yeah. mm-hmm. but like, there's a lot of things that didn't need to happen <laughs> where, like you said, you could be a good parent with or without money. Why not be a good parent with money? <laughs> you yeah, know, like it's exactly. just a, a different perspective. It just makes more sense to me as a way to live. You know, I was telling Jackie a couple nights ago, I was just like, I just, the way that I look at it anymore, especially as a parent is I feel like it's my responsibility, like my moral responsibility as a father, as a provider to like try to provide the best life as I can, as quickly as I can, so that I have the freedom and control to be able to be with my kids when I want to be with them and to show up when I need to show up. And like, I'm not like, yeah, I might work 60 hours a week or 80 hours a week sometimes, and I might be gone on, at an event or gone on a trip or things like that every once in a while. But to me, it beats the hell out of like working 40, 50 hours a week for the next 50 years yeah. until I'm 65 and, and somebody yeah. uh, somebody above me goes, you, you now have my permission to stop working for me and you may collect your measly garbage money and then you can go admit yourself into a retirement home when you're ready to die. Like that to me is like a, I don't know. It seems like it's a much better decision to just work really, really hard, bust my, bust my tail and provide the life that I want to have eventually sooner. Like that just makes more sense. All this is a totally different conversation too, but also you get to spend that time. Like we're working all of us. We're all working like these crazy you know, these crazy jobs making schedules, you know, like working and doing things. But it's like every time that I come over, like you're sitting at your kitchen Island doing a call (laughs) and then taking 30 minutes to go do something with one of the kids. You're coming downstairs in between a call and like playing outside really quick or doing like, I'm able to go like, Hey, it's Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Like, let's go get brunch instead of like, you know, what it was when I first had a kid, which is like, okay, I'm going to go to the office from like eight, you know, to whatever time, five thirty, with a 30 minute drive both ways, play with you for an hour, put you to bed. And I'm playing with you when I'm kind of pissed off because the day was hard. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, my boss it's just a totally asshole. different lifestyle. Yeah. But um, I, I guess kind of wrapping this episode, like, you know, we've talked about mindset shifts. Like what's the number one mindset shift you'd encourage someone listening to take on or challenge themselves about money? 
go get more of it and don't feel bad about getting more of it. Like if you're, if you're listening and you are working a job again, I don't think people have to have the same goals that I have because I have just crazy goals, but I do think that people should uh, push themselves to do a little bit more than they're currently doing. And if that means you have a nine to five right now and you got a family and stuff and you don't really like it, but you can't quit, start a side hustle. Yeah. Like start something on the side, do something like take an hour of your time in the evening or in the morning or whenever you have a little bit of free time. And instead of watching Netflix or instead of drinking a beer with your buddies or instead of doing whatever it is that you do, like, go do something that's going to generate a little bit more money, money for you is like, that's the first thing is like change your mindset about it and then go get more of it and then learn how to keep it and grow it and protect it. Like money, money is just a game. And the, the people who learn the rules of the game are the ones that end up with all the money. But that's the beautiful thing about it is that if you just learn the rules of the game, you can go make more money and earn more of it. Like you just have to start learning the rules of the game. So stop spending your money on dumb shit that depreciates as soon as you buy it. You know, stop, stop feeling like you got to drain your bank account. Like it blows my mind and everybody gets like a, like getting a stimulus check from the government or they get a birthday check or, you know, they, they get some sort of a, a gift from a family member that passes or something like that. And the first question that they ask is, how are you going to spend the money? It's like, what do you, what? If you have less than $50,000 in your bank account, less than a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. And your first inclination is like, how can I go spend money? You have to rewire the way that you think about money or you will never have any of it. You, 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 you're not, you're just not going to, you cannot depend on your 401k to be the thing that pays you through retirement, especially because our age brackets, we're all living on average a lot longer than they were two generations ago or a generation ago. And the money hasn't changed. How much are going to give you? The money's just becoming worth less. Uh, The older we get, the rate of inflation right now, if you factor that into the rate of inflation raises that people get, you know, like rate like inflation is like 7% this month. And that I think is a pretty low number still, which is like 10 times what it normally should be. And, but people are getting cost of living raises at what, 1.5, 2%, maybe three or 4% or something like that. If you like factor that over a course of 30 years, inflation's only going to get worse because the dollar is continuing to be weakened. You're only, which means that even if you get a raise, you will get paid less overall in the next five years than you get paid now, even if it's more money. Like, you got to learn how money, like that's the kind of stuff that people don't think about. It's like, oh, I got a raise. I might make this much now. And it's like, yeah. but you don't understand that like that dollar is worth half of what it was worth 10 years ago or whatever yeah. the numbers turn out to be. So like, you're not getting paid more money. You're actually getting paid less money. The more you just leave your money sitting in a bank account, it depreciates every single year. Like you have to go get more money, be disciplined with the money that you're getting and put it to work for you and then let that money grow and compound on itself. You have to beat inflation. That's your job, you know? So you can't just sit there and cross your fingers and hope the government's going to take care of you one day because it's just not, it's not going to do that. Like you can't just depend on your pension. You can't depend on your, you know, matching 401k. I'm not telling you not to do that. If your employer offers matching 401k, great, do it. But also go do something else, get a side hustle and take a hundred percent of that income and put it directly into an investment. You know what I mean? If you don't have people that, you know, go find somebody that invests and give them your money and have them take care of it for you. Like stop spending your money on stupid stuff 
I'm not saying never spend money, okay? But I am saying be smarter with how you spend it. Like you gotta give yourself some rewards every once in a while, especially when you're busting your ass like all of us are. You have to be willing to take a trip or go buy something with, you know, have dinner with your kids or whatever it is. Like you gotta also have some rewards built in along the way. But other than that, stop buying stuff all the time. Stop thinking like a consumer and start thinking more like an investor and move yourself into that column by actually putting your money to work for you. Um, it's... I just, I think that our generation is going to be one of the first generations that gets to retirement and goes, oh shit, like I thought I was going to be good, you know, because our parents are probably the last generation that that's going to still scrape by for them. Right, exactly. But they can scrape by, you know, like most people's parents probably just have a 401k from their job. They get some social security, but I mean, yeah, (laughs) right. Social security, like that's going to be gone before we're ever going to be able to collect anything from it. Like you have social security, you got retirement and you have your savings account. You know what I mean? Like what most people are going into retirement the last 25 years, 30 years of their life, which is supposed to be some of the best years. And they're going to be broke in five and a half years. Like, what do you do after that? Like, that's when you start having to, you get admitted into a retirement home because you can't support yourself and the government pays for it. And it's just like, that's really how you want to spend your life when you're that age. Because Because why? Because you wanted to like drink at the bar on the weekend instead of like putting some work into a side hustle or learning how to invest or learning the rules of money a little bit better. Like you don't have an option at this point. You will not be able to save your way to retirement anymore. You're going to have to earn your way to retirement. You have to earn and invest. And if you uh, are not thinking that way right now, you got to be thinking that way. Stop thinking about being a consumer. Stop thinking about how I'm going to spend my money. Start thinking about how you can earn more money, be disciplined with that money, and take it and put it to work for you. Do you want to re-ask the question to make sure I answer it right? What's the number one mindset shift you'd encourage people to have about money? Um, I think I would take it from the supporting significant others aspects. I feel like that's one part that a lot of people don't talk about. And it's something that I'm already very conscious with our kids. I feel like a lot of times from like, obviously he's the main breadwinner in our life. Like I still work full time, but it's definitely like I'm with the kids still more than he is. And I'm very, I, we were actually just talking about this the other day that I'm very careful still with how I tell Cameron, like, cause he's almost three now of when daddy's working. Like, I don't just say like, dad's working, like dad's working. Like I'm very, very conscious of the fact that I tell him like daddy's working so that we can go do this or like daddy's working so that we can like, so he can provide a life for us that we can do this and just changing already where it's not like, I just feel like so many times, like whatever, whoever that significant other is who's with the kid more, a lot of times can doesn't, I don't think that we realize how much from that young age of like two and three, like we're already putting mindset in their head of like, you're teaching them right now that when they go, when like the spouse is working like that, like they're neglecting you because they don't love you as much. And so like, that's why they're doing it. And they or only care about money. Work. Yeah, like you're you're literally at that yeah. point. Like, like they care more about money than they care about you. So that's why. And like when you get frustrated, and like don't get me wrong, sometimes it is frustrating. Like sometimes when like I've had them longer in the day and I've already worked and I'm tired. Like it's not fun, but it's still. Like, I also want him to know that I still know that he does it because he's wanting to provide a life for us. That's not like anybody else's life, and like he's providing it because he loves them that much. It's not because all he cares about is money, and that's the only reason why he's doing it. So like that would be like my biggest take away and something else would just be delayed gratification like especially in money like i don't know how many times over we talk about getting a new car and she's like ultimately though like our cars get us where we need to and like eventually yes we want to have nice cars and all those things but 
just like, like he said, just like we've just really tried to focus on investing and delaying that gratification to where like we can have our dream home one day and we can have our dream cars one day, but like we're going to be disciplined now so that we can have that later and not stretch ourselves and always living within your means. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a huge thing. Like that's something too with Piper's like, I'm always nervous about work becoming this like, ah, uh, this work, you know, like, yeah. and cause sometimes she'll say that she'll be like, like, I'll be like, oh, I can't play. I got to do work. And she'll be like, she'll be like, ah, oh, work is dumb. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, but it's like, it's reminding you, like, did you like when we went and did this? Or do you like going yes. to dance classes? Do you like going to lunch? Do you like going out? Like that comes from work. And, yeah. and also clarifying too, like when I go, like when I come over here and also so she doesn't hate you guys, like I'm always like, <laughs> you. you know, it's, it's, you know, she'll be talking about work or this and I'll be like, work's really fun. I get to go like the fact that right now we're working yeah. is kind of cool. You know, yeah. like the fact that like going out and having wine in this case or beer, or whatever, like the fact that we're finding a way to monetize those things yeah. is a cool thing. And so, um, but yeah, the biggest thing I would say for me, and it kind of ties into that is just like the mindset that, you know, it's more noble not to have money. Like yeah. that's something that for me, you know, Tara was ahead of me on that, like to where she was like, it's okay to want nice things. And I was like, yeah, it is. If that's what your life is, but I want to do, do ministry. I want to, and, and I think it's hard to separate like the Christian background from this, but there's people that yeah. are listening that aren't, but I think a lot of people have that. They, they idolize the, the broke school teacher, you know, and yep. yes, there's amazing school teachers that don't get paid enough, but also I'd love to see more school teachers know that they could go home they could start an Amazon account. They can go home and do this. They could go home and they could take the content they're doing for school and make the YouTube channel tutoring. You know, like there's yeah. so many things and I, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, I think right. that there's a, you know, there's a ton of amazing librarians that are giving a lot of time to their community. Yeah. And like, I would love to see people invest in them and say like, Hey, this is a podcast. This is a YouTube yeah. channel. This is this, like you could be, scaling what you're doing and making the money you deserve to make in these thankless jobs, you know, in a, in a really cool well, way. And you can be maximizing the impact that you have on the world right. around you. Yeah. yeah. You can actually right. have more impact than 20 sure. kids right. or one person at a time. Exactly. The tutor that's helping a kid with their math homework you're, could be YouTubing that you're <laughs> every limiting, single week. Right. You're limiting yeah. yourself by, I think some people just look at it as like, well, you know, but I'm doing the work though. Like I am making a difference and it's like, yes. And bless you for doing that. However, like if you also thought about like, it's just the concept. Make of, a difference at scale. Yeah, yeah. You can't fill up somebody else's cup if yours is empty. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, if you're always running on an empty cup, it's like you're doing your best, but you know, the impact might ripple and stuff. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody from doing community service or working with people or helping or serving, but just thinking about the, like, think, just think about the way that you're thinking about your money. Um, and expand what that could be for you, you know, change your definition of what a lot is. Yeah. You know, that was like the first thing that I did. It was, I was, it was like, Oh, a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a lot. And you hit a hundred thousand dollars in a year and you're like, that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half a million dollars a year. That's a lot. That's not a lot. You know, it's like, just do that now. Like already start framing your mind to think about money in a different way. Because like I said, the relationship you have with it will depict how much you have, just like any other type of relationship in your life. So, 
Thank you guys so much for watching. If you appreciated anything in this episode at all, and I hope you did, uh, be sure to screenshot it. I hope. <laughs> be sure to be sure to screenshot it and uh, post your Instagram stories or on social media. And if you want to share your biggest money myth with us, we'd love to uh, talk about it on a future episode. If you didn't like the episode, do it anyway. All right, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Figuring It Out podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. For more information about the show, visit www.figuringitout.tv or connect with us anywhere on social media with the handle figuringitout.tv.